The show starts in one minute. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, on with the show. Hello, Chip Chip Cheerio, and welcome to episode 68 of Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Long Box Crusade. We are in jolly old England, in our recording studio, set up deep inside Sherwood Forest. I am your host, Jared Ulrich, the yard sale artist, and joining me, as always, is the little John to my Robin Hood, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados. How we doing, Cristados? Yeah, little John. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah what? I'm doing pretty good, Jerry, you know, and I'm so excited to be here in Sherwood Forest. I just love the atmosphere. It's really cool. And just watching this episode has inspired me. And I just want to do a little something special for the beginning of this. So if you guys would just bear with me, right. I think you might enjoy it. So here we go. SMT of LBC podcast so good. The LBC crew begins their quest of watching Robin Hood. <laughs> That's <was> incredible. <laughs> He's, got He's got like a ukulele oh or something. <laughs> Just like at the beginning of the show. And I have things to say about that tonight, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Somehow that was better than the violin he played all 39 episodes at home. <laughs> That was great. I, mean, I had a lot of practice, you, you know. You realize you locked yourself into 38 more of these. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh, crap. I got to do it. That was Had great. to do it. I had to do it. That was freaking great. All right, Jason, get your ukulele ready. I'm about to introduce you. Okay. So uh, also joining me is the ugliest maid, Marion, of all time is my older, wiser brother, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht. How are we today, Jason? It smells like wild root and chunky candy bar in here man what is going on <laughs> putting on weight and getting some thick flourishing hair yeah you gotta make sure you know your hair stays in place when you're out there sword fighting shooting arrows squaring off against the king's men right. gotta have that wild root <laughs> i'm putting the wild root on my beard so i'm hoping that it'll grow in a little bit thicker i'll let you guys know all right okay we also have with us our own lovable Friar Tuck. It is Delvin in the Dark Wood. Williams, how do you do, Friar? I'm doing pretty good, except that, you know, I had this place. It was a nice place, too. You know, it was my dad's place. And then I don't have the place no more. <sighs> You've got to kill, Delvin. You've got to kill. You know what? I should have. I should have. It because, I mean, that's not right. It was mine. It was my place. Now it ain't my place. Mm -mm. So I well, got to put them in their place. That's what right. I got to do. Got right. a, lot, a lot going on in this episode. <laughs> Speaking of a lot going on, we have a lot of questions to answer. But first, let's introduce our guest for the very first episode as we go into Sherwood Forest. We could bring on no one else except for the Saturday Matinee Theater super fan. That is Dave, the Battle, battle Band Collins. Let me finish that up for you. Hey, hello, every, everybody. Welcome. Hello, Dave. Welcome to Sherwood. Hey, man, I'm, I'm good. You didn't ask me how I was doing, but I'll throw that in there. I'm good. Um, you know, I'm kind of like Delvin. Like, I was kicked back having dinner with my homies and my girl, and some guy just pops up in in the middle and starts screaming and yelling about how this is his house. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you got to go see the sheriff, man. Like, you're dead. 
<laughs> so we all had a bad day. We all had a bad day <laughs> from different angles, apparently. <laughs> I'm actually, you know, I'm actually glad Dave is here with us because it takes me back to when Dave went with us on our import exporting business. We had the short, short pants. So I'm thinking short, short pants might come back here. Short, uh-huh. short pants between uh, Flash and this could very well be a possibility. I'm telling you what. Could be yeah. a very real market in Sherwood Forest, man. You guys are going to get in some trouble. I just know it. Yeah, absolutely. So this is our first episode in Sherwood. So I got to ask the guest, and then I'm going to run Robin and ask everybody else. What's your first memory of Robin Hood? And what's your favorite iteration of Robin Hood? And, and Dave, you're the guest, so yes, lay it on us. All right. So uh, I've probably said this before and other things. My mom was a uh, English teacher, and she was very big into classical things. And we had books running out our nose, and I lived in the middle of nowhere, so we had no TV. So my first iteration of Robin Hood was the written word, sir, the stories, the stories themselves, some of my mom's books. And quite frankly, that's probably my favorite iteration, but... We got to talk about video. So I hate to do this to you guys, but man, I really love that Fox Robin Hood from Walt Disney. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I, I think what makes that show so good is not necessarily Robin Hood, but uh, the sheriff and um, Prince John. Like that, they're just hilarious. <laughs> Uh, but that's a great iteration. But the stories are are second to none. Like, I mean, they're really good. Like, if you get, I don't know if you've ever read them or not, but everything I've ever read has been entertaining. And all the ones I read were really old. Like, I mean, they were old when I was a kid. Some of these books had uh, copyright dates in the early 1900s. So it was from a long time back. But yeah, that's my favorite one, man. Very cool. Very cool. Pat, let's toss it to you. What's your first memory of Robin Hood and your favorite version? Boy, um, I would have to say, you know, some cartooning stuff, some, some book. It's just a wide variety of Robin Hood, you know, back in the day. He he was a hero or just an interesting kind of a guy that either you were playing it out in the schoolyard or just playing around with friends in that is what I remember. Uh, of course, I'm a sucker for romancy kind of movies or and things like that so you know robin hood prince of thieves with kevin costner who you know that song gets me all the time (laughs) (laughs) it's got hey it's got the sure sean connery in it i actually love that movie too Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i like that movie too one of my very first like date with a girl yeah yeah yeah, see that there's nothing wrong with that pat all right let's toss it to jason what's his first memory and favorite iteration when i was little and I mean, I think even before you were born or just after you were born, I had a set of Disney books that mom and dad used to read to me. It had a Hunter One Dalmatians. It had Pinocchio. It also had the Robin Hood with the fox and the, the Disney version. So that was the first one I remember being read to me. And I really liked that. I loved the little cartoon movie. But I have to go with the Prince of Thieves, the Kevin Costner, despite all its all his flaws. It's got Sir Sean at the end, man. <laughs> you know, it's good. That's my favorite. All right. All right. And that takes us to Devil in the Dark Web Williams. First memory of Robin Hood, favorite version. And you're going to be disappointed. I cannot think of a first memory of Robin Hood. The, the guy's a legend. And I know of the famous line of Rob's from the rich gifts to the poor. And why do I know that? <laughs> you know, I, I can I cannot tell you why I know that. I know it's been wedged in my head about Robin Hood forever and a day. 
And I've probably seen cartoon versions of it. I think maybe with you, possibly. I watched Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> one. So, like, so good. like, I mean, like, so the guy is he's a, he's been a legend enough that he's been on the silver screen. He has been lampooned, and he's a part of just American culture, even though he is very clearly a British character. So, I mean, he's somewhere in my head. Just can't remember exactly where. I don't feel too bad because I was kind of racking my brain. In fact, I wanted to ask Jason. I feel like my first memory of it is one of those little big books like we had for Sherlock Holmes. I feel like maybe we had a Robin Hood one when we were kids. I think we did. I think you're right. All right. So I didn't make that up in my brain. That's probably where I first read it or looked at the cool drawings. And then I think like everybody else, the really first memory is probably that Disney version. And then my favorite version is it is probably the Kevin Costner one. He's got Morgan Freeman. It was one of the first ones to like, I've seen like the Errol Flynn ones and all that stuff. They're they're good, but it was like one of the first ones to really do something like that cool stylized action, slow motion, flaming arrow shots and whatnot. And I, well, I dug it. <laughs> so, although I will say about, I don't know, five or 10 years ago, they did a Robin Hood that didn't do well in the box office. It yeah, started the dude from one. the Kingsman. And they really modernize the action in it. And it's really quite entertaining. It's really fun to watch. I remember that. And it seemed good. So I was kind of like the, the preview seemed good. And the Kingsman guy is cool. I like that dude. So I'm surprised it didn't do well. I don't like it. It, it might have been too edgy for the classical crowd. Um, and then a few years before that, there was a russell crowe version which i saw which was all right but that was more like an origin story if i remember correctly yeah i think that was more like of a kind of a historical like this is kind of where they got the idea from for Mm. robin hood this cat i did see the one with uh edgington errington whatever the the kingsman guy and i think the reason why i like the kevin costner version better is because it walks that line between just the beginning of the 90s special effects, but it also really kind of kept its foot in the practical effects world as well. Good point. And and stayed close to the the original stories where the other Kingsman guy won, although it was cool and I enjoyed it, it was really very much a kind of a modern action film. Nothing yeah. wrong with that, but... Took some liberties. So, yeah, I track you on that. Well, there was a darn good Robin Hood discussion on our first episode. Don't expect that to happen ever again. I'm going to pass it to Pat for the show description. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review, sometimes in Dick Show, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we will be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, We're going to dig it up. On this episode, we will begin our indexing of all 39 episodes of the 1955 television series, The Adventures of Robin Hood. 1955's Robin Hood was produced by Sapphire Films, run by Hannah Weinstein and Sidney Cole. It starred Richard Green as Robin Hood and Alan Wheatley as the Sheriff of Nottingham. So take refuge in the forest, take off your quiver of arrows, get cozy around the fire, and let the gregarious music of the merry men whisk you away until the past. But don't forget, next time, pull out that letter from the king right away. 
Okay, before we hand it over to Delvin for this episode's info, let's take a look, or in this case, a listen, to a commercial that would have been playing at the time this episode was released back in 1955. This will help to get us in the right time frame of mind, if you will, and transport us back to the 50s. For this episode's commercial retro rewind, we have Chunky. Ladies and gentlemen, we're standing by to interview the pilot of the first flying saucer ever to land on Earth. And here he comes. I beg your pardon, sir. Do all your people look like you? Of course not. Most of them are homely. I see. And what is the purpose of your visit? To stock up on Chunkies. You're very nosy, aren't you? Chunkies? You mean that delicious milk chocolate candy bar filled with crunchy cashews, sun-ripened raisins, and Brazil nuts? And don't forget Chunkies' special shape. Extra thick for extra flavor. You're a regular Chunkies Information Center. You know where I can get some fast? Oh, sure. I always keep a supply handy when I go out on an interview. Be glad to share them with the illustrious pilot of a flying saucer. Here, let me fill your space helmet. Pilot? Space helmets? Flying saucer? What are you talking? I'm a fisherman. I always keep my chunkies in a cookie jar to keep them dry. Yes, sir. Chunkies. What a chunk of chocolate. All right. What did you guys think about the chunky? We will start with B-dubs or, or BV, whatever. BV? Sounds like underwear. <laughs> All right. So um, I got two questions. Well, maybe three, but definitely two. Interesting commercial. I mean, it's from its time, but what made that reporter think of a spaceship had landed is what I wanted to know. Like there was no indication that, that a spaceship had landed. There was nobody else around. There were no other reporters. So where did they, where did they pull that? From? <laughs> like, what well, how was that the thing? Like, I just couldn't He's drunk. He's drunk. I just, I was just <laughs> like, why is this guy standing here all alone on first street with nobody else around? But my second thing is where does the microphone go? So if you'll watch that again, like he's holding his microphone talking, and the next thing you know, microphone's gone. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I didn't uh, either. Huh. I just have to assume that he uh, coated it with chocolate and ate it. Because he's, hold, he's holding the Chucky box with both hands. And then the guy's like just pulling them out of there. And then he snatches one more. He pops his hand when he tries to get it back. <laughs> he was such a playful little guy. And he, he dressed weird for a fisherman, too. So I don't, I don't know what about but i gotta tell you i'm I, I do want some thick chocolate with some raisins and some brazil nuts it made me really hungry for some of those yeah i can't i, I can't know, remember i that. don't know if i've ever had a chunk i don't i don't think that's the thing anymore but i i started to go back and look and see where it, they quit making them or if they still made them but i never got that far but it definitely sounded interesting for sure well thanks for almost doing the research well that's what i that claim to fame as i'm almost there <laughs> Uh, Jason, what'd you think of the Chucky commercial? Old people really like raisins, don't they? I mean, I like I was, raisins for you. I like raisins. Father. We're not exactly young either. Day. <laughs> I was thinking back to the day, like you get a snack from grandma. It's a box of raisins. Putting ra- like, can you think of a candy bar today that has any raisins? in it? I don't think anything with raisins in it would sell today. Chocolate raisins. raisins? Raisinets. Oh, yeah, that's the only raisinets. thing. Raisinets. Those are awesome. How many b- people eat raisinets? Come on. Yeah. Well, I did before. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I don't know. I just thought, I don't know. I don't want any raisins in my chocolate. I don't want any raisins. <laughs> All right. I don't want any raisins that come out of a guy's trench coat either. Any chocolate <laughs> yeah, right. come out of a guy's trench coat. Yeah, either. this guy's looking all pervy coming up. Like, hey, you want some chocolate? I always <laughs> keep my chunky in my jo- in my coat. 
Oh, you want some that, chunky? Let's just you know? move along to Delvin Williams. <laughs> 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 Have you ever had a chunky? And what are your thoughts on that? Uh, before that, you know, like Dave, been meaning to talk to you about that. You might be wanted for exposure. <laughs> Lay low for a little bit, dude. Just. <laughs> Exposing that chunky like that. No, I have never had a chunky bar. I am with Jason on this. Raisins are gross and don't belong in candy. Like, why would you ever want a raisin in candy? It's gross. It's kind of like an oatmeal cream pie. At least if no, you have no, the oatmeal, no, no, like, hear no. me out. Hear me I out. will not. I refuse. It, I will not you hear you out. You can at least pretend it's healthy. You <laughs> pretend will, it's no, a health quantity. I don't want to pretend it's healthy. No one, everyone knows oatmeal cream pies aren't healthy, but they are delicious. They okay? Are yeah, oatmeal Agreed. cream pies are amazing. That's why I didn't want you to besmirch that with the raisin candy here that's gross. And you know what? Maybe not. But I, I, I did some very, very, very quick research, Jared, because uh, I know you would be interested and everyone else would be too. But invented by candy maker Philip Silversheen in the late 1930s, Chunky Candy Bar was first distributed by Silversheen's friend William Wrigley Jr. from Wrigley Gum Company. In 1984, this brand became a part of Nestle and it's currently produced by Ferrara Candy Company, a subsidiary of Ferrero, uh, probably Ferrero Rocher, like the, the chocolate makers. I was the thinking of Ferrero from For Your Eyes Only. Like, oh, <laughs> man, the guy was making some money on the side. No, Ferrero, the chocolatier, sir. So it's the still ch- out there. I think so, yeah. I if only we knew somebody in the candy grocery business that could deep dive into that. Yes, only if only we knew a guy who was connected. <sighs> Let's see if we can look something up. It's unfortunately the guy who didn't do the research. So. <laughs> yeah, look look under G for gross candy. <laughs> I'm sending everybody chunkies for Christmas. <laughs> Make sure you carry them around in your pocket before you send them out. Your trench coat. <laughs> on our gift exchange live stream, everyone has to eat the chunky on the live stream. But Jared, I hear the chunkies this year are better in Innsbruck. <laughs> <laughs> not in San Moritz. He's still working on this Ferrero joke, and I entertained it for some reason. Pat, weigh in on the Chunky, man. Be the last voice of Chunky. All right. Well, uh, I do remember eating some Chunky before. It's like a big brick of chocolate with stuff in it, and I loved it. And uh, I like, I'm a chocolate-covered raisin kind of guy, so I will eat that all day, too. But in this commercial, the little guy, his voice sounded so familiar. Like he would be doing voiceovers or, or like cartoon voices. Maybe I could just hear his voice. Little funny I, I guy. Agree. I agree. I thought I was like, I've heard this guy before yeah. somewhere. I'm like, I can't remember where it had to be in, in like a cartoon or something where he's at, you know, that nerdy kind of a guy voice. And so eh, I really liked it. A little fun, quirky commercial. Excellent. Delvin takeovers. Absolutely. Raisin candies are still gross. Oh, you, you probably did not mean that, right? You wanted me to read the episode info? No. You know, whatever. Cleanse your palate and then read the episode info. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> episode one was titled The Coming of Robin Hood. The original air date is 25 September 1955. The director was Ralph Smart. The writer, Lawrence McClellan and Eric Heath Guest stars Leo McKern as Sir Roger DeLille, Bruce Seaton as Will Scatlock, and Alfie Bass as Edgar. As a reminder, all 39 episodes are available on YouTube. We highly encourage you to watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast. 
because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about this episode, and then we're going to discuss it. So there are probably some spoilers heading your way. So if you haven't watched this episode, we recommend you pause here, go check it out on YouTube and come back to join our discussion. Not only 26 minutes per episode is not a big time demand. For those of you watching along with us, we'd love to hear your insights. Don't forget to comment about the show on Twitter using the hashtag I'm following Robin Hood. Hashtag I'm following Robin Hood. Oh boy. <laughs> J- uh, Jason. Hashtag I'm following Robin Hood. Battle Van, would you like to chime in on this? <laughs> Hashtag I'm following Robin Hood from a safe distance because I'm not on Twitter right now. And Pat, go for it. Hashtag I'm following Robin Hood. I I don't even know I want to go after that, but I I'll, I'll go anyway. Hashtag I'm following Robin Hood. You see Pat drop the ukulele for me, oh, but that's okay. Old drop. <laughs> He did. Oh, I'm sorry. He did. You want me to? I can. And- no, no, no. Don't pick it up again. It's too late now. It's too friggin' late. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I will never forgive you, but it's okay. And with that, let's turn it over to Jared for the episode summary. Loxley returns home from the Crusades to discover that Roger DeLille has usurped his family's lands and castle. Even though he has to fight his way out of his own castle, Robin has had enough violence so he attempts to regain his land through legal channels. What Robin doesn't understand is that the legal channels are stacked against him, especially since he has the favor of King Richard, which makes all the corrupt officials quite nervous. And Robin is already on their bad side because he stopped local law enforcement from maiming Edgar, a man who fell a deer in the forest earlier in the day, strictly to feed his starving family. The sheriff of Nottingham is crafty, though, and makes it seem as if Robin is to regain his family lands, when in reality, it's a trap to kill him. Robin susses out the trap, and the arrow that is meant for him instead kills Delil. And Delil's cousin wastes no time in framing Robin for the murder. So now Robin is an outlaw. He seeks refuge with the outlaws of Sherwood Forest. Luckily, Edgar, the man he saved from the sheriff's men earlier, vouches for him. The outlaws accept him under his new name, Robin of the Hood. Gentlemen, let's get into our highs, lows, what does our very first episode of Robin Hood. We are in Sherwood Forest. I'm looking at you, BWBV. What? <laughs> Did you think of Robin Hood round one? You got to lead off the whole series. What you think? Enjoyed it. It was good. It's good stuff. I like Robin Hood. I'm kind of a homer for it. Uh, one of my favorite legacy characters, I guess you would say. Uh, I actually voted for this before, a long time back, actually. Oh, we got to talk about that. 
Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I re- I remember when on the, we had the Twitter poll and we had the Patreon poll. You know, the Patreon gets more weight and all that. And it was deadlocked with something else. You called me, and I literally called Dave, and I was like, "Dave, have you voted?" on the Patreon poll. He's like, nah, I hadn't had time. And I was like, well, it closes out in like two hours. <laughs> I, and I, said, I said, we are deadlocked between this and this. And you're like, I don't remember what the other one was, but you're like, oh, I'm voting for Robin Hood. Yeah, I don't remember what it was either. I was actually at Disney World. Like I was in the middle of the Grand Floridian Hotel <laughs> when you called me. Like, so I got remember, like on his phone. I, and I got voted. on and voted right in. Yeah, sure. We are here because of Dave. I forgot to mention Woo! that before the show. Anyway, I think it was Twilight Zone that he... That- Oh, did, was, did it beat Twilight Zone? Yeah, I think Ooh, so. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, I would have went Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's it because I would have been all in for Twilight Zone. Like I tell those stories around the campfire. Like I, th- those are big. Well, anyway, next time, folks. Well, anyway, what's your what's your first round high on this? Apparently, you had one coming. Uh, no, I enjoyed it. Um, there was a lot of things I liked about. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna st- usually go where I go last. I'm gonna go to music. So I thought the music was kind of basic, but they really used it well. Like I, I can tell they didn't go out and hire a big person to score this thing. And you know, that it, they look like they just got some, pull some pieces from here and there and did it. But I really thought that they, they added it in good. They put it in at the right moments. And then I couldn't help but think when the guy was strumming, whatever he was strumming, I don't know if it was ukulele or not, but when he was doing the singing at the beginning, I, the first thing I thought was, man, that's the same way they brought in the Disney version. So I wonder if the Disney people got that from this. Ah. And so but then the rest of the time I basically spent, and we all agree we like Prince of Thieves, I, I, I spent my time kind of juggling back and forth about some of the things that matched up to that movie and how they kind of pushed the plot along. But overall, I enjoyed it. And uh, But the music, like I said, it was very basic. It wasn't like anything special, but I just felt like they used it really well, if that makes sense. Nice. I like that observation. Very cool. With that, we'll pass it to Jason for his first round of Sherwood Forest and Robin Hood. I really like how they introduce the character of Robin Hood. In that one episode, you really get to see the skills that really are attributed to the character. You get to see him use his archery in the scene. You get to see his prowess with the sword in a couple of battles there. You also get to see how clever he is as he foils the assassination attempt, um, as he outwits the outlaws that are going to ambush him near the end of the episode but you also see the humility he has he's he's a a man of somewhat high birth but yet when he goes and he sees the servants for the first time you can see there's an affection that genuine affection that he has for them and they for him and when he goes to plead his case before the air quotes court you know, it's like it's like us in the DMV. He's got to take a number and he gets sat down by it looked like he got sat down by the Wicked Witch of the West or something. And, he's kind of flung that little cape. Sat yeah, down. Like, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't like try to use his power or authority. And in fact, when he gets called for, he's like, wait, but all these other people were were ahead of me. And so you you just get to see the character and all the traits and his fighting abilities. And I really liked how they just kind of laid all that out in the first episode in a unique way that kept the story moving, but made you familiar with Robin Hood coming out of the gate. Excellent. Yes, I had definitely similar thoughts to that, uh, but I won't take any of those thoughts just yet. We'll hear, hear from some more people and more people is Delvin. Quick note about the music. It was actually by Pat's dad. Um <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, he was job, a visionary. Pat Senior. 
Good job, Pat Senior. Yep, yep. He's, yep. he's a musical genius. <laughs> yes, oh, wait, that's Joe November. Don't do that. Well, I mean, uh, there can be two musical geniuses. Gene, Gene I, actually. Anyway, uh, not to use the P word, but I mean, I did not know Robin Hood's origin was kind of political. And as a veteran, I was like, oh, my man went to fight a war for his country and came back. And another man is in his house. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I wouldn't have been. He was reasonable. Like, I'm Robin of Loxley. And I do believe that you're in my quarters. No, mm -mm, no. I ought to kick down the door. (laughs) Well, like, well, the sword might get out of my house or I will kill you. Of course, this was to establish his character. He's like, yes, even though I have a, you know, a little bit of nobility that I fought the war for my country. I came back and I am kindly asking you to leave my place that I don't have to ask you to leave. And then like between that and the government, assuming, you know, that the government are the people who commissioned soldiers to go off to war to fight for the country, the government was going to screw them over. Like, completely, like, yeah, we're going <laughs> to pretend like we care about this whole nobility thing, and then we're just going to off them, and you can continue with, man. Okay. Worst VA ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was kind of floored by that. I did not know that Robin of Loxley was a soldier, and then came back to his home or to his territory only to find that it was taken by someone who was a complete ogre and had no intentions of giving it back and a government who really had no intention of honoring any of it. I was emotionally stirred in a way that I did not expect to be emotionally stirred. Yeah, interesting. As all good art should do you. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool. I, I'm almost envious of, of Delvin, you know, not knowing the full backstory, how he got a, that fresh take. But yeah, I thought it was kind of cool too, just uh, to chip in another veteran's point of view, because that remember that old dude was like, you're going to have to kill, man. Get yeah. to kill to get this back. And he mm-hmm. was like, dude, I, I've had enough killing, which is why he was so chill. Uh, again, the, the, the Robin Hood movie with uh, Kevin Costner actually does a good job of showing you. Yeah, it's a little darker, actually, because yeah, you know, they got his the dad's story. Yeah. 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 And you're just like, and yeah, it's like, hey, I've I've seen some stuff, man. And I just I don't want to kill anymore. But they're like, they're like poking the bear. Oh, co- we're going to take your house. Robin Hood. <laughs> we're going to make you go live in the woods. We're going to try to kill you. Robin Hood. <laughs> and I think they're going to push him a little too far, but it's not my turn. It's Pat's turn. Well, I'm going to take a few things. I mean, as Delvin did mention, you know, they take his house and he's like, you see that picture there? That's my dad. Don't you see the resemblance? That of one me? picture is me. <laughs> I'm like that. Yeah, this is my house. My picture is still. You got my picture still on the wall. What, what's going on here? <laughs> and then the, the funny part too was, as Jason mentioned too, that he, Robert just having to sit there with everybody. At the, he just and then he's like twiddling his thumb. He's like looking at his like mm, I got a hangnail. What do I got going on here? But what's really different about this one compared to what we have been watching over all 60 some episodes is this one's got some character building in it, some real life stuff to it. I think just way different than the other things we've been watching before. So it really pulled me in to it, even though I know the story It's just how they delivered it in that 20 some minutes 
to get you really interested in what was going to happen and how does he become Robin Hood and is he going to oust these guys right away or, or, you know, what's really the story here? And it's just building and going to build and build. So kind of a soap opera kind of a feel I got to this that I, I like. Yeah, I mean, he could have pulled a Rambo. Yep, but he chill. <laughs> chill. Well, I was going to say what Pat was talking about there is the thing about this one is versus some of the other ones is even some of the Holmes episodes, you can you can kind of feel bad for yeah. the, the good guy so, or the bad guy sometimes. Yeah. And you kind of sympathize. But this, I think, is completely designed where you're all in on his side like, hey, he did everything right. He did everything he was supposed to. He was all fighting in a war. Like he is just getting screwed just for pure greed and political reasons. And so it's very well defined. Like this guy is going to be our hero. Like they really set it up nice. Mm -hmm. And I would have to say, it's got to be hard to fight in that outfit with a cape on. You can see him kind of struggling with the cape a little bit just to get some room to. Yeah. That was a lot of that was a lot of clothing and yeah. it, it made him look thicker than what he was because at the start, when he started like climbing that wall, I'm like, I don't know if he's gonna be in shape. Get up that wall. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's gonna be in shape to crawl up that wall. He look, he like he might be tired after that. But he might need a <laughs> he might need a snack. <laughs> so one of the things I wrote down, but I had to change it toward the end when he takes off. You know, when he gets down to his regular clothes, was I was like, man, the war must not have been too tough. I mean, I'm fluffy, but that guy come back fluffy. Like, he, <laughs> I mean, he was he was fine. It must have been like a a cruise with a buffet on the way back or something. Yeah, he he went to the Battle of the Bulge. <laughs> <laughs> and lost and lost miserably oh <laughs> uh, well anyway while you've got the mic dave you get a second round of high or low or what the i got a what the so i did like the guy who played the sheriff when he went into the court you know the lyle was sitting there next to him you know and uh did you see him use that jedi mantric on the sheriff nottingham man like he was talking and then he goes and don't forget his lands and your forfeit your lands. And he did it like three <laughs> times. I was like, man, he's Jedi mind tricking this guy. <laughs> so, but I, that is probably, uh, I won't say that my other favorite scene, but that was one of my favorite scenes because I really liked the way the sheriff, I liked him. Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed that whole scene from the time he came in all the way up until he, he, he left. But uh, that was one of the more intimate scenes. No, no action, just kind of, you know, world building, if you will, or character building. But that was my second favorite scene, and I'm I'm sure somebody else is going to pick the first one, so I didn't want to jump all over that one. Well, we'll find out. If it still remains at the end, we'll come back to you. Jason? I guess mine's kind of a what the... I was surprised at the amount of violence that was actually in the show. Of the shows that we've done so far, like Sherlock Holmes, they were always pretty careful to not show the actual violence my favorite scene was the attempted assassination scene and how he was moving about and using the guy as a yeah. shield. It was like a little game of chess going on in there. And I really appreciated that. I didn't think that they were going to like show the arrow actually strike the guy and then show the other guy get his throat slit in that scene. I was like, this is really violent. Not a lot of blood or gore or anything, but it was very overt what happened. Whereas our other shows that we've watched, they've really tried to keep that more innuendo uh, than showing it as blatantly on the screen as they did here. So I was a little surprised by that. Not a low by any stretch of the imagination, but a bit surprised. And that, my friends, is my other favorite scene. That was the one I was going to go into. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Sounds like we're doing pretty good here for the first episode. Delvin, 
Round two, sir. It's worth noting that Robin Hood won fights. So, I mean, he's already had a beat man, <laughs> right? <laughs> Did you pronounce that right? What? Is it Batman or? No, no, I meant it. I, no, no, I know. Batman. He got it right. <laughs> I meant it. Be- Either Beatman or Batman. <laughs> yeah, Beatman or Batman. Like, I, he is not Batman until he actually wins a dog on fight. And, <laughs> and so it was nice to see that someone who has had a military level of training has come back and he's still able to use it. He was deft with his sword. He was deft with his fighting skills. Great. Awesome. But what I wanted to mention for my high was just another bit of that character building where, yep, a little bit of nobility, but also, yes, a soldier. And one of the things that he did where I'm not going to remember the, the gentleman's name who was being accosted about a third of the way through the show, but he like Edgar. Edgar. He had, he could have just let that man get freaking tortured, like and had body parts pulled off, whatever, like these forest cops were going to do. And he didn't. He stopped it. And it was, so it was kind of a cool moment where, yes, it showed that, like, I mean, because he, he, they were like, what are you going to do? You're going to attack all three of us. And he threw that piece of driftwood in the air and shot it with the, the bow, or excuse me, with the arrow, which showed his prowess. But, but the overall, like, he showed kindness to a stranger, to someone he had absolutely, he didn't have to do anything to. He could have completely acted like he didn't see anything. And sure enough, at the end of the show, it paid off because he went to seek help and like, they were like, yeah, we don't know you. You smell like nobility. We don't want you. And Edgar came in as like, no, this man saved my life. And so I like that. It showed what a good man that Robin was. And then it paid off at the end too, in a way that he had no idea. And he had no idea expected. He just did a good deed for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Definitely cool. And like you said, he even he, he could have killed those dudes that were going to torture that guy. But he, mm-hmm. he clearly was like, I don't want to hurt anybody, but this doesn't need to happen either. Like he really toes a very heroic line. It'll be interesting to see if they keep this up. Pat, even on the opposite side of that, those cops or, or whatever you want to that were going to torture Edgar, they were even too. It shows that not everybody is okay with what's going on but they're like well we got to make a living too so we got to do what the sheriff is is telling us to do we i didn't you know the guy even admitted i really don't want to do it you know it's not what i like doing but he's got you know he's got a family to feed too just like edgar did sounded like a lot of nazis didn't he i just follow orders he still snitched out robin hood when he was at the dmv there (laughs) oh he certainly did certainly did well that's true too but there are some people that may be able to you know help Robin along the way, maybe down the road to, you know, turn to Robin's side as, as needed, hopefully. Well, what Delvin said was right on. Like he helped that guy with no, no thought of any payback. He he never knew he was going to need that guy later. Mm -hmm. And even though he had an appointment to go get his lands back and get that guy out of his house, he still took that deer to that guy's family. He took time out of his way to go do that before he went and took care of what he needed to do. So I thought that was pretty cool. Pat, you want to bring us home? I'll just go with the fighting in this. Uh, very well choreographed, I thought. Always like a good sword fight, especially, you know, medieval times like that is always kind of cool and fun to see. And you could see, like, he, he got even in, like, a stance. He had to, like, again, move his cape away so he could get in that, you know, that parry or whatever kind of a stance that they call it that he got into. And I'm like, oh, man, that's pretty cool. He's 
he's doing some fancy moves here. And, you know, and these guys back then, they had to actually learn how to do this kind of stunt work and, and stuff like that. So hats off to them. Definitely indeed. And that is our first discussion of the first episode of The Adventures of Robin Hood, 1955. Anybody got anything burning still on their chest to get rid of before we move to fun facts? Battle I always, I always got one, man. I always got one more. You know that. So I did want to point out that Delil is Mr. Billy Bad Boy while he's sitting there having dinner with everybody talking about getting the guy on his, you know, his knees and cutting his ear off and all that stuff. But then when faced with a real challenge, like he screams like a little girl and he, <laughs> yep. he is, he is of no consequence. So, I mean, that, that's another one of those character things. Like you, you know, you expect that, but it's like Devin was talking about the, him being a veteran and coming back. It kind of hits close to home when you think about it. That's how a lot of people are, you know, when they're sitting around with their buddies. Well, oh, let me tell you what I did three weeks ago when nobody was around to see it. But when <laughs> things are happening right there in front of you, you just, you just kind of fall to pieces. But uh, I thought they did a really good job with his character. He was just a slimy used car salesman. No offense to used car salesman out there, but he just had that slimy grease ball. Like again, just, you know, I don't know, just that, ugh, it just it just made you feel yucky the way he was. He even said, do you expect me to work for it? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, Delil was, was kind of gloriously smarmy. Unfortunately, he's dead, so we're not going to be seeing him again anytime soon. And with that transition, let's get into the very first fun fact. There's a lot of fun facts around this show, so I'm metering them out. So Pat, earlier on, riffed on the little guitar playing or is it a lute? Or I don't know what it is. I, yeah, I don't know. Minstrel kind of guy at the beginning. Who sang Robin of Loxley, a knight bold and good, back from the Holy Wars, becomes Robin Hood. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool, you know? I look forward to hearing that on every episode. And just through a little digging, I discovered that dude is going to have a new lyric for every single episode. So it's like a little summary of the episode yeah. before it starts. And they have one at the end. Oh, yeah. And I just thought it was kind of neat because when I first watched it, I thought, oh, okay, well, we'll hear this little story, loot story at the beginning of our episode. But no, it's going to change on each and every one. So uh, hopefully they paid loot guy plenty of money. Loot. loot. <laughs> <laughs> peanuts. Paid them peanuts. I, because, yeah, apparently it's going to keep on doing those. So I wanted to point that out here on episode one is kind of the fun fact. So, you know, people who are watching along with us or which is basically us can kind of keep an ear out and see what each subsequent one's going to be. Fun times. All right, let's get into our arrow ratings. All right, gentlemen, you can give this up to five arrows. Five means you loved it. It hit your bullseye. Four means it was very good. Three, it was just good. Two, it was okay. And one, I did not like it. It moved into my house and took my stuff. Disrespectful. <laughs> Big time. I, I got a funny feeling he's about to give him some help, though. <laughs> but we'll see. So uh, we will start just for funsies. You know what? We'll start with you, Pat. One cool. through five cool. arrow ratings. You get to go first this time. Well, you know, in doing some of our ratings in that, I've been getting to learn from Delvin. you got to have a baseline somewhere set, right? You can't go high off right away off the bat. You know, Delvin, see, you're teaching me something, Delvin. You're teaching me. And so I'm going to give this a three. I thought it was good. I want to go kind of between a high three. I want to start my baseline. with Joe November earlier this evening. Are you saying 3.5? I, mean, I, 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 I wish I could. Joe was could. with us not just a few moments ago before we switched. Those 0.5s are lingering. <laughs> so, it's a very strong three. 
I wink. I got you. <laughs> I got you. All right, Jason, you're going to sit on that three. You're going to bump up. You're going to push it down. Where are you going with it? I'm going to bump up. It was better than I expected. I expected good, and I really liked the character introduction. It was just very well written, very well done, very well performed. Like Pat saying, I don't want to give it the highest mark coming out of the gate, but I feel confident giving this one a four. Excellent. All right, Delvin. What uh, bar are you setting for Robin Hood based off this first one? We know it's not a five. That's not the Delvin way. So what's it? I, I was I was gonna say five until you, you were no, you're a liar. <laughs> I, no, I, no, I mean I didn't. I, I would have changed it, but I was gonna start <laughs> off with an enthusiastic five. <sighs> I, bait and switch, right? Uh, it, I'm giving it a four. I was emotionally stirred. And I was not expecting to be emotionally stirred. Like, seriously, when I saw how he was treated coming back, you know, after service, it just hit chords, man. And I was, I was, <laughs> I was mad for Robin for him being treated like that. It was just absolutely wrong. He, he remained civil until they forced him to be uncivil. He kept a air of nobility and civility throughout until he was forced to do it. And so I'm vested already. And so that's cool. I like that I am immediately vested into the storyline. It's been, it was good and I'm looking forward to more. So it's a four and it's a very optimistic one. I like it. Dave. I mean, uh, <clears throat> you know, I don't want to empty the quiver of all my arrows on this first, first shot here, but uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Delvin and Jason. I, I think it's a, a solid four. That's not poo-pooing on Pat's three. I mean, I, I hate to leave him over there on three Damn. island long. It was a strong three. A strong <laughs> three. Well, I don't want to leave. <laughs> I hate to leave Pat over there with his strong three. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to definitely go a four. And I say this, and I, I think I allude to this just about every time we do this, but, you know, it's a good show. I enjoyed the show. I, enjoy, I watched it twice. But this makes it better. You know, when we get together and talk about it, I, I would give it a five based on the conversation. Um, but I'm, I'm just watching the show. I'm going to go a four. But if I if I factored in the fun I have talking about it and reminiscing about it, I'd have to give it a five. So, but four is my final answer. Well said, sir. Well said. I am going to join Team Four. I understand that there's some vacancies on strong I tell you what, Pat, the second you leave for war, I'm taking over Strong Three Island. It's going to be yeah, my <laughs> I, You know, I figured I was starting low and I, I was, you know. It's all right. No, it's perfectly fine. That's trying perfectly something fine. new, but like, obviously it don't work out. Yeah, it's all right. I'm going to give it a strong four. Strong four, Pat. <laughs> oh, okay, I see you. <laughs> strong. It, again, it was a strong three. Oh, I've had to mention this before, but I thought it was kind of cool that, like, it was 1955. So did you notice how they were very proud of like this show was flown to the United States via Pan American or I don't remember what airline it was, but yeah. they were like, it was we put like it that. on a plane and flew it over. <laughs> like they were really proud of that. So, uh, but hey, at least it got here, right? Well, that is it for our scorings. Now it's time to get in the Sherwood Forest mailbag, which this is our first episode, so the mailbag's not going to hold a lot in it but we're of course going to mention these special shout outs to our crusaders club members the fine folks who have joined our crusade they get early access to special long bucks episodes voting on show content raffle prizes on our live streams so much more 
These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Ow. Auburn Elvis. Blasted or Stashit. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robison. Dave Collins. Gary V. Gerald Green. Jason Keene. Jeremy L. Jim. Jarman, Jim, Jarman, Jim, Jarman, Jim, Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman too. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh Strickland. Candace Ward. Kathy Bright, MVP. Mark Ross. Monstrous Mark Catherly. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey67. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And... Last but certainly not least, Toronto Cop. If we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind, we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're recent edition, we'll add you soon. No worries. If we missed you, just send an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll get it straightened out. If you're asking yourself, hey, how do I get on this whole Crusaders Club thing? Simple. Go to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to the amazing world of Crusaders Club. Come and check it out. And if you don't have any extra scratch, to throw in our 10 well all you gotta do is maybe write a review for our podcast preferably a positive one on your pod catcher of choice and like i said we don't have any feedback because this is our first time in sherwood forest we certainly welcome it please drop us a line at longbox crusade twitter facebook instagram youtube send us an email contact longboxcrusade.com we want to know what you think about the Sherlock Holmes show. And of course, you can call us at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. So please, please, please let us know what you thought of this. And Jason will probably repeat a lot of that here in the closing, but Jason, bring it home. Well, that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all the podcasters out there. Or at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube. All at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jason. Thank you, Pat. And if you want to hear us on our track through all things James Bond, films, books, music, etc., Check out on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, we found it on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play, all those podcatchers. You can go to www.secretpodcast.podbean.com. You can check us out on Twitter at OHMSPod. And if you're big into Bond and Robin Hood, Sean Connery has been in two Robin Hood films. <laughs> I recommend them both. You got to figure out what they are for yourself, though. And if you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at Delvin. Go ahead and kick us off. Absolutely. You can find me at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1-9-7-7. Pat. Well, Delvin, I'm glad you asked. I can be found on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jared. Well, Pat, I'm glad you asked. I can be found on all your social medias at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Or you can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. You might find a Robin Hood and Little John book page sketch that I did there. Disney style, but don't tell them because I don't want to get sued. Jason. 
You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. And Dave, are you on social media? Or are you still on the wagon these days? The battle so, wagon. I'm still on the battle van. I'm still on sabbatical, so uh, I am not out there. But if you want to just email me and say anything, I am at oldben1972 at Gmail. Drop me an email. I'll I'll be more than happy to email you back. But uh, unfortunately, I am still on the social media sabbatical. All right. Well, it sounds like a good sabbatical. And thanks for joining us for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. Restock your utility belt and call in the boy wonder because our next episode will continue our journey through the 1943 Batman serial. We will get to see Batman get his butt whooped once again. And we will see you next episode for Chapter 10. Flying Spies. The meetup location, Gotham City. To a tavern on the green They vowed to help the people of the king They handled all the trouble On the English country scene And still found plenty of time to sing Robin Hood, Robin Hood Riding through the glen his band of men, feared by the bad, loved by the good. Robin this film has been flown to the United States by a Pan American World Airways. Outtakes. So who didn't watch the commercial? Somebody didn't. I've watched two commercials because. Let me tell you I... something. I'm all about the chunky buddy. Don't be looking in my corner. All right, Pat. Oh, chunky, good. <laughs> I mean, I've got some insights for that thing. I'm just, I got some questions. I was I, like, I, why didn't we do the Wild Root commercial? That's what the, at least the show that I watched, it was sponsored. Yeah, it's by, sponsored by Wild sponsored Root, by which I'm still not sure what exactly what that is. It's a cream, oh, hair cream, buddy. I watched I, the commercial. I ordered some. It's weed. We'll we'll get, we'll get <laughs> it to Wild is. Root. Delvin, question. I'm just going to be muted, but Jared, I mean, cut, but Jared, did you do it? I was in middle school. But did you do it? <laughs> you have to edit these, so that's perfectly I know. I couldn't help it. It was that important. I understand. I understand. <laughs> you got to commit to the bit. And let the, what? I put that in there just for you. Really, Jared? Really? <laughs> gregarious? gregarious? Okay. Gregarious. <laughs> Why didn't you go with melodious so we could have an alliteration there? I Too much for Pat. I mean, you okay. can't give him alliteration and a big word. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's time to get to the Sherwood Forest mailbag. And yes, I misspelled forest in the script. It does not have two R's in it. <laughs> I am not run, a smart Horace, man, run. Jenna, but I know love. I need some strum right there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we out. All right. Let's out. Let's out, Pat. Somewhere over the rainbow, <laughs> blue birds fly. <laughs>